Hey, you found us. Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, Not Another Running Story. I'm Megan Fanning, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan. We created this podcast to continue the real conversations that we have when we get outside to run, bike, surf, climb, or whatever it is that you do. We love the real conversations when boundaries come down, because really, that's when it gets interesting. The information in this podcast represents the views and opinions of Zendurance Now Coaching. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or psychological advice or treatment. We may be right, we may be wrong. Either way, be a solid human. If you're thinking about making questionable decisions, please seek out an appropriate professional. Hey, Megan. Hey, John. Oh. How are you doing today? Oh. Wait a minute. Start over because I talked. I didn't think you were recording. <laughs> God damn it, Megan. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <I just> snorted. <laughs> snorted. Good. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Let's just keep it, keep it fucking from here. Okay, just keep right. rolling. I think it's funny when people what, snort. What, like what, that. what do we got going on, Megan? All right. Well, okay. I don't know how I started laughing that hard within the first uh, within the first couple seconds. Hey, Sean, how's it going? It's going well, Megan. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, got, right. Here's my, do, here's my radio do, voice. What do we got going on today, Megan? No, no, no one's here. That's just the voice. That's just the voice of my inner thoughts. That's uh, it. It's, it's just going to be. I can't do that. And that would be a scary thing to put on a podcast. My inner <laughs> thoughts. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get to dictate, you get to dictate all this. <laughs> <laughs> we have John Harris here today. I want to wave, Harris. but nobody sees me, right? Well, I might, Yay. I might choose, I do post a, I do post a video clip. So maybe I'll post that. Maybe I'll post that. Clip. Okay. All right. Everybody wave. Make sure I look good. Hey, wave. John, you have to wave. I don't you're have to so, do anything. You're so mean. <laughs> God. Too many crickets. What a grump. Oh. It's early. It's early on a Sunday. Come on. It is early on a Sunday. And I've already been up since four o'clock this morning. Wow. 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 <laughs> I know. Life is tough. The choices we make. <laughs> get the call as we do yeah so john how long have we known each other has it been i was thinking i was years? trying to remember that it's got to be at least 10 years now yeah and we've only met so, like twice right and but, but we ran a race together though so we did so we did. yeah when you when you run a race together it, it like surpasses all that that's you true. know yeah um so we met Initially, I've been on your podcast a couple times. Um, mm -hmm. I was coaching you on and off for a long time, five, six years. Yeah, but yeah, a while. Um, and she's still and, a friend, so yeah, absolutely. Because I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, but those are those are the fun. Oh, oh she said, yeah. Those, Did you see that? Those are the yeah, yeah those are the fun athletes. <laughs> when when athletes are really quiet, that's when that's when I worry. Mm, I'm not quiet. No, but that's good. Yeah. I always tell people that because I have people that I work with that that will say, "God, well, I didn't want to bother you." I'm like, "That's what you pay me for. This is yeah. this is what I do. Ask me questions." And also, I'm a nerd. I like it when people ask ask me questions because mm -hmm. one, I get to answer, and two, then I know they're paying attention. So right, yeah, yeah. That's why my coaching has always been weird because I'm naturally an introvert. So you have to kind of approach me first. I'm not going to as like a coach you, or as an athlete, both. I, I think that if you come to me with something, I'll talk about anything, but I'm not going to seek you out. So unless you are asking me questions, I probably won't say anything. 
You always ask me questions, though. Yeah, but you didn't. Maybe it's just because you trust me. Yeah, yeah. I'm nice like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you, that's what I think about Megan. Super nice like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing that pops in your head. Hey. <laughs> Megan's super right. nice. I am. I am. Well, I don't know. I got a reputation to protect, so let's not, yeah. let's not, let's not say it too loud. <laughs> so, Sean, have you and John ever met? Uh, we have never met in person, but I have also been on John's podcast. Yeah. I was like, I'm like scrolling through the Skype here. 2019. Yeah. And then I was on when you had uh, John as your co-host. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did uh, a talk with about Laurel Highlands and ultra running with him. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, right. that's right. That's right. Yeah. I haven't even done a podcast in God over a year now. And we just had and we just had the race director on uh, about a month ago of of uh laurel highlands the so new one, yeah. Yeah, one the new one. one yeah yeah so um vinny cap so so we're coming we're coming full circle here in the uh zender mm-hmm. it's now community cool <laughs> that's that's the circle right full circle it's the zendurance now circle too that's right <laughs> yeah so for those that can't see us john and sean are making circles with their fingers yes yeah now now john's making a heart on his chest because he loves us so much <laughs> that's that's exactly why I did it. Yeah. <laughs> so John, so why don't you well I was just gonna say, why don't you start just tell us a little bit about yourself and or you could start with where you are now. It's it's up to you, but talk to talk to us about your what you do, your training, and <laughs> and how well, awesome you are. Well, I don't know about that. When were you uh, born? Where did you come from? What's your Delay? sign? Virgo. I'm a Virgo. That's that explains why I'm such a I'm a business analyst. <laughs> so. John, do you know your sign? Mine? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a Leo. Okay, I'm a Capricorn. I know nothing about astrology except my own sign. So only, I think that fits the, the only definition reason of I, Capricorn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only reason I know it is because my mom was always into that. So. But if you read Virgo, it's like it 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 explain it describes me exactly. So Capricorn, tend, to be a, tend to be a little Capricorn judgy. Capricorn describes me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very analytical. Tend to be a little judgy. You know, even though I try not to be. <laughs> no, but, you're judgy. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, I am. But. <laughs> and Sean, Sean, what's what did you just say your sign was? I'm a Leo. Leo. I like I like to be the center of attention. Yeah. I just want to let you know in the grid right now. My box is bigger than all your boxes, so has the center of attention. <laughs> but in my grid, my box is bigger. I know, but I'm the wrong recording. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I got you. See, I don't know. All this <sighs> We're not going to be measuring boxes now, dears. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> I'd probably lose that too. <laughs> okay, we digress. So, right. so, so, yeah. <laughs> we've hit your, we've hit your astrological. So, sign. how far? Are we, how about I was born in Delay, Florida, 1963. <laughs> So, <laughs> entering my 60th year, yay! Have you always um, been in Florida? I and unless a, with a, the exception of a few years in the Navy when I was in Virginia. Yeah. So even two of my stints, two of my assignments in the Navy were Florida based, and my shore duty, my two years in shore duty was in Florida. So yeah, I like were my you, state. Or were you air, air wing? No, I was a uh, surface, okay. but um, but I was a. Um, the last four years, I was an air intercept controller under my rate, 
so for Desert Storm and, and things like that, I was area intercept control on a destroyer for Desert Storm. Yeah. So, yeah. So were you, uh, was it Pensacola you were in when you were in Florida? Or? No, I was out of uh, Nor um, Mayport in Jacksonville. Mayport. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. So, yeah, Pensacola, I think they had shut them down by, that was an air, that's an air wing. So um, there was only yeah. one ship there, I think. Yeah, it's, I think it's like, you know, we're going to get digress into the Navy stuff, but you get me talking <laughs> Navy. You uh, have listened to the podcast, right? You you oh, know yeah. we tend to we go off yes. on tangents. So. Yeah, but that's the best part. I mean, even when I did it, I mean, you know, you remember back in the day when Andrew was my co-host. I mean, mm -hmm. he goes off on tangents, went off on tangents all the time. Yeah. So, and that was his actually, yeah, because I was the co-host. It was his podcast. I just took it over after a while. But so anyway, uh, yeah. So you know, ten years in the Navy, uh, got out in '91, found out I had cancer in '90. Yeah, I started gaining weight and, you know, knew something was wrong. So finally it turned out I had thyroid cancer. So I had the thyroid removed, um, had a lot of uh, struggles with that, ended up at a well over 300 pounds to me. Um, tried very, I mean, I was running, and you know, this Megan, I was running triathlons and marathons at 290, 300 pounds, mm -hmm. you know, looked just like a manatee in those wetsuits. No, um, no, no, no. Yeah, throw water on them. It's called Sea World. <laughs> so, um, Wait, speaking of judgy, <laughs> that's that's judging me though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm the worst critic, so sorry. Um, so I mean, fast forward. I mean, I I, I moved in, uh, shared a condo with a friend. Uh, moved in like February 2020, and of course the shutdown happened in March. Um, was sent home immediately because I was a cancer survivor and have and have had some autoimmune issues because of the cancer. Was still struggling to lose weight and um, uh, in April, actually it's coming up on the thir three years, April 2nd, my mom passed uh, from COVID. And um, it, it was kind of like a light bulb moment, I guess, because now I'm the oldest one in the family. You know, I'm really was, sorry. That's yeah. that's really sad. Well, that's why I tend to like get my rank my fur up when uh someone mm -hmm. talks about that people don't die of COVID and you know <laughs> it's like, God damn it. No, they do. <laughs> you know, they, why don't you tell my do. mom that? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it was a light bulb moment for me. And so I said I I just have to try something drastic. I have to try something different. So my roommate had been on this program that worked for her for a while. So I said, Well, let me try this and and it actually worked, you know, and it's, you know, I don't want to, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a coach for it now, but I don't, I'm not really on that program anymore. But, mm -hmm. um, what program is it? You can, you can uh, say uh, it. Fine. Optavia. Optavia. Okay. So it's, uh, and basically you can, I hate to say this, <laughs> but there's ways to do it without using the program. The, 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 the program, what it does is that it provides you the food. So you don't really have to think about it. You know, mm -hmm. you're just grabbing and going. And and that worked for me because, mm -hmm. you know, especially when I was home all the time, it was like, it was a, you know, temptation is bad for me. I don't have a lot of willpower when it comes to that. If it's in the house, I'm going to eat it. So, you know, every, you know, you eat every two to three hours, you know, but small meals mm -hmm. and that worked. And it, I mean, the weight started coming off immediately, you know, so I actually stopped training for, Oh, three months 
And um, I think the last run I went on, I was like at a, a painful 15 minute mile for like four miles and then uh, didn't didn't run at all for two months and went back out there. I was a good 40 pounds less at that point and wow. ran like an 1130 mile and I hadn't run in two months. So, I mean, that, you know, of course, you know, you're carrying 40 less pounds, you're going to be a little bit. And the thing was, it didn't hurt. Right. You know, and that was my big thing is that, and that's what I'm struggling with now is that I'm, I'm hurting again. So. Well, we all tell, we all tell our athletes, you know, exercise is the poorest way to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Right. I it's say it all the time. Yeah. All nutrition. And, and we were talking about that, I think in our goal and struggle episode, mm-hmm. both, both me and Sam, um, we both struggle to eat. We're we're on the other side, you know. Um, Not me. Yeah. <laughs> but you're probably naturally thin, right? I mean, you, I'm looking at you here. And you're... If I no, no. so I can I can put on weight real fast. Like do you? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, if if Sean walks by if Sean walks by a barbell, his muscles are gonna go dink. Boink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That but that I did find that is that because I you know I came from a football background and all that when I was a kid when I started lifting again the muscle came back really fast even at my age and the problem with that of course is that you know you start gaining weight again <laughs> but um, right and that's what Sean that's Sean that's exactly what you've been talking about yeah mm-hmm. like I'm I'm still like I am pretty lean my diet's pretty clean for the most mm-hmm. part um but like I've been lifting as I've like to try and like deal with, you know, injury and whatever that might come across, right. To like be a more well-rounded individual and athlete. And especially in your age, at your advanced age, Sean, you got to do that. I'm the baby on this, on this podcast. If we've already like. I'm the baby on the baby (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I'm the baby when Sam's on too. It's awesome. I'm the baby. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't feel it some days. Um, but anyways, <laughs> but yeah, as, I, as I've gotten older, like the, the strength component has become like so much more of an important aspect of my training, but the hypertrophy happens so easily for me that like I'll, I'll put on, put on muscle and then it's like the joints have to deal with it and all that stuff. And yeah, that's what I found like recently is that, yeah, it, it I have to rethink things, you know, again, yeah. so, um, but anyway, with the with the cancer, you know, came some autoimmune issues like psoriatic arthritis, and I have damage in my my wrists, my hands, my ankles, my back. And um, I went on a uh, I did an, a, a cycling event last Saturday and yesterday. I saw that. Yeah. So really, first time I've been on a my actual bike. You can see it right there. <laughs> in uh, in over a year. Because I was just doing pellet and I felt it. It's like about halfway through that ride yesterday, my wrists were aching. Mm. So I have to look at my setup again. Maybe I need to raise the bars a little bit um, just so I'm not leaning on them so much. But and that's the way it was before. Now I've, I've put on some weight again, but um, I'm, I'm going to digress here because mm-hmm. I vaguely remember that you bought and created an all carbon chinese knockoff bike is that true? no <laughs> was but that's did i make that up did yeah. that not happen <laughs> no that, that's a qr no 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 i know that bike. oh no like, you're talking about randy messman did that okay my co-host did he did that okay yeah i haven't heard from randy in forever but uh 
But yeah, he's the one that did that. He bought pieces all over the place and just built his own bike. Yeah. I yeah, vaguely was... remember that. It was like a, a like a cheap carbon yeah. knockoff, like Chinese knockoff. It was which was wild. Yeah, and and it actually turned out pretty good. It was like all black, all flat black, and nice. yeah, he did a good job with it. I mean, but he's like that engineering type. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I can I can change a tire. Right. <laughs> you know, other than that. You know, but with the, the disc, with the disc wheel, it doesn't happen very. It doesn't happen very quickly. I had to learn that when I got a when I got a bike with the with the disc brakes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, even with this bike, it's just like taking the tire off. It's like, oh, wait, it doesn't doesn't unscrew. I got to have a tool for that. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. Most important thing to remember is don't squeeze that brake when that wheel's out. Oh, yeah. I was warned about that, actually, when this one. And And this one was like, you know. I mean, it was Bill. I mean, I picked the components. This was my splurge after my coaching went, got a little um, success. That was my splurge. And don't touch the and don't touch the disc brakes if you've been riding it because they get really hot. Yeah. Wow. Oh, oh that yes. That makes sense. I, you... I actually I was <laughs> my 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 brakes were a little funny on a ride. This was last this was last year, and I pulled over on the side of the road and went to adjust it, and I was like, "Oh, that's hot." <laughs> don't do what are you, that. You talking about friction makes things hot? Apparently, it does. Wow. Apparently, it does. Yeah. Science. Yeah. <laughs> And when I turn into an athlete, I turn stupid (laughs) and I I forget these basic facts. So, yeah, Yeah. it's like doctors, when they become patients, they just, (laughs) well, there's there's only so much oxygen in the bloodstream, right? Like it either go to your brain or go to your muscles. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a problem most men have too. It's like, there's only so much, only so much blood in the body and it tends to go one way. We forget to think. (laughs) Small head dictates. Exactly. Even at 60, you know, we don't get over that. <laughs> it just takes longer to get there. <laughs> yeah, what is this rated? <laughs> is this yeah, well, we, we have the uh, we have the obscenity warning on our. So we're like, oh, do you? OK, <laughs> say right. what you like. I mean, the obscenity warning is just for me. <laughs> well, you're talking about a 10 year Navy vet. I can go off if I'm not careful. So yeah. I keep forgetting I'm on camera. So I keep like, don't pick your nose. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I have my arms crossed all the time. Yeah, well, like just, well, that that's to show the guns, right? So two military and somebody that works in a fire department. You know, that's quite a, that's yeah. a combination there. So that's yeah. kind of the military. Yeah. Yeah. So so all right. So you're um so you're training again now. You're riding your bike. I am. Yeah, I'm riding the bike. Got in the pool. Uh, but again, the the pain is back, which is concerning yeah. to me. So. Um, I had, you know, I, you know, was with a friend yesterday and, and she said that, you know, she, she kind of brought it up. She goes, she said, you know, maybe you just have to rethink about why you're doing these things. <laughs> you know, why don't you just go on a bike ride? Why do you have to train all the time? Just go on a bike ride and just go for a ride and not worry well, about hitting there's certain something things. to be said yeah there's something to be said for listening to listening to your body especially after you've gone through a lot of trauma yeah and she and, and that's what she was pointing out is that you know you've gone from not being as active as you were in the past to all of a sudden doing 30 and 40 mile right bike rides again mm-hmm. she goes no wonder you're hurting <laughs> you know you gotta ease and, into this stuff and, and and the thing that the thing that we worked on a lot 
mm-hmm. when when I was when I was working with you is is the emotional um the emotional component mm-hmm. of of eating and mm-hmm. and putting on weight and yeah in in that in in that whole piece without without you know you can put your stuff out there. I won't put your stuff. Oh out no! There. That was something. That was some, something we worked on a lot because you know, I am you, got definitely, a, you got a psychologist as a coach. Yeah, so. I'm definitely an emotional eater, and and that's been the struggle since I bought this house in December, and I'm living here alone, and it's like that's a dangerous place for me to be. You know, I'm fine during the day, but boy, at night, I have a problem. And DoorDash is the devil. I just wanted to let you know that. Because See, I, I live rural. We do yeah. not, we don't have anything around here. I have a, well, DoorDash has a thing called Dash Mart, which is like these little standalone stores here. And there's oh, really? one like right around the corner. So if I order something from Dash Mart, it's here in five minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, that's dangerous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad thing. And especially when, you know, you know, I do tend to be overly emotional about some things. <laughs> so during the day when I'm working, Fine. I'm, I can go all day. No problem. Well, and, and that's something like the concept of being too sensitive or being mm-hmm. overly emotional. I'm just going to say that's bullshit. I think that's what we, it's, it's, it's done. This is why it's, I done to both, yeah, it's done to both women and men, right? Yeah. Women, society, I'll start with women, then I'll move on to men. But women, society wants to make women smaller, except for your sex organs. Right. Mm -hmm. But you small voice, small body, small ideas. Um, Mm -hmm. Keep your emotions down, little lady, you know, and and I think without getting into too much misogyny and patriarchy, I mean, it's it's an issue. Women, you know, just making women small of voice and of body. Um, So we're often told that we're too sensitive. Now, with men, it's the whole idea of you got to be a man. Mm -hmm. You don't have these feelings. You um, just suck it up. Be tough you know, mm-hmm. be strong and strength. There's actually strength in being real and showing your emotions, but it's something that you have to unlearn because it's ingrained in you. I mean, consciously and unconsciously, I mean, all of us. Um, so there's actually real strength in being human, showing how you feel and being real because that whole machismo facade is, is actually just bullshit. And it shows mm. much more strength to be able to show your feelings and be real than it does for us to just put up something that says, oh, I'm tough. I'm fine. Nothing's going to get to me. So, yeah, and I think that's a struggle with me, honestly. I mean, I tend to be open, but then I feel like almost guilty that I've been, to, you know, oh, God, you know, and that's the Italian in me, too. You know, I grew up. Right. I, I think, you know, but, you know, I come from you and you know this, we don't have to get into a lot, but, you know, I came from a very abusive house you know, when I was a kid and, and, you know, very poor upbringing. So there's a lot of issues there and a lot of things happen in the military that, you know, I still have to deal with. And, um, you know, there's a lot going on up here and sometimes they react the wrong way. And if you're, if people around me are not cognizant of that and don't really know why I'm reacting a certain way, I try to tell them, but still, dealing with it, you know, and that's what happened in my most recent situation is that they just weren't prepared for that, for that reaction (laughs) to something, you know. Um, But again, I have to be, I have to be better at um, my, how I react to certain things, you know, and I don't know, 
It's who I am. <laughs> you know? There's, you need to, we, we feel what we need to feel. And that's mm-hmm. our feelings. Our feelings are fact. However, right. how those feelings come out, that's the piece that we have to work on. Yeah. Um, that's that's the hard work right there. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and I tend to, and I tend to, I got away from it when I was, you know, you know, I had a roommate, you know, cause you kind of had somebody watching you, but now I don't. And it's mm. very hard for me to, yeah, it's very hard to, I will say though, I, I kind of made a, uh, this week I've kind of been trying to focus more and, you know, I've dropped like six pounds this week oh. <laughs> because I focused on it, you know, and, and, you know, when it gets to that eight o'clock period at night, you know, and, and stop eating, you know, cause it was for a while there, you know, you know, here's, here's the, uh, the, the honest part, you know, you get lonely at night, you know, <laughs> you know, so you tend to fill it with and it's also your around. body, your body's having a cortisol drop, right? Yeah, it's getting, right. it's starting to get ready for bed. And right. at least for me, you know, I, str- I struggle, I struggle to listen to my body. I'm kind of a go, go, go kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, I want to stay up. I have more to do. Cortisol drops, the sugar cravings come in. Oh, I got to mm-hmm. eat something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I even Whereas, have a hard, I even have a hard time, like not, like I'm feeling sleepy. I don't want to go to sleep yet. So I'll, I'll drink exactly. coffee and then I'm up till two in the morning. Right. <laughs> because I don't want right. to sleep yet. And really? last night, because I, well, last night, because I'd gotten up so early for the ride, it was like 8.30. I went to bed and I slept all, I slept like 12 hours. Good. But, you know, so, which is not like me. I don't sleep like that. But, and I, honestly, I probably could slept more. If it wasn't for this show, I'd probably still be in there. <laughs> I mean, the the other side of things when you're talking about like lonely and freaking mm-hmm. and and bored, like bored is like what triggers me. Like, yeah, and, and it's it's like, oh well, like I'll eat some sugar or something or something flavorful, and I'll get that dopamine hit, and that's yeah. like mm-hmm. instantaneous. Like, and it like and the way that like that sugar reacts with the body, mm-hmm. that dopamine by the time you swallow it, it's gone. So then it like you like want another hit, like. Absolutely. There's no such thing as a spoonful of ice cream. Yeah. You know, to me, you know, or one chip or any, no, no, there's a bag of chips maybe, (laughs) you know, and even then, I mean, and I've had that issue my whole life, you know, and I think that kink comes from, you know, getting into the psychology of the past, but because I grew up so poor that you just want to, you know, when you have something you want, you want it all and you're going to eat it all. Right. Cause you're used to food scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. And not having those things, you know, I mean, I didn't have air conditioning until I joined the Navy. Now grow up in Florida without air conditioning. Tell me how that is. Right. You know, so, um, you know, laying, laying on terrazzo floors and with a box fan on you just because it was so damn hot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so those things are real. So I do have reactions to that. You know, I have another, another friend and she kind of grew up like I did and she's the same way. I could see my, my habits in her. It's like she eats everything. If there's like something free, she's going to eat it. Not because she's hungry, because it's free. <laughs> you know, things like like she was on the right, you know, hopefully she won't listen to this, but well, I didn't say her name. But, you know, she was on the ride yesterday and you get to the pit stops and you have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and you're just eating it because right. it's free. <laughs> you don't yeah, necessarily need sense. it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and I tell my clients all because I train fat, I tend to train fasted. I'm better at that. Um, I don't like eating. We've probably had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't like eating or putting anything in my body before I run or before I do anything because it just, it makes me feel gross. Um, some people like swear that they have to eat something <laughs> before they well, train. Women, women. Yes. Men. I think you have a lot more, you have a lot more wiggle room. Yeah. And, but I learned that like when I first started training, if I ate before I went out for a run, I didn't get through the run before I having to hit the bathroom somewhere. Right. If I don't eat, I'm fine. You know, I knew you were, yeah, I knew you were doing most of your workouts fasted and I was, I was okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it worked for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've, and I've told other people, they have like these GI issues, like in during the middle in the rest, stop eating sugar. You don't need to have a goo before you even start the run. Right. The sugar that you're having a reaction to that sugar and they just don't want to give up that sugar. Sean, we need our listeners to follow our podcast. You are our resident tech expert. Could you please describe what you need people to do? How do we do this? How do you how do you follow a podcast? Well, it depends on what format you're on. But on most formats, there's usually a three-dot circle or some other indication, and they're will pop a drop out drop down from that um, three dot circle. And in that drop down, we'll give you the option to follow the podcast. You can also, in whatever app you're using, go to your settings and set to notify, and you can be notified of any new podcast you're following, especially ours, which is the most important. Absolutely. And that'll show up, that show up on your phone all the time, man. You'll have more notifications. Boom. And you'll get one from us every two weeks because why, Megan? We post every two weeks. That's what we do. That's what we do. The When our listeners follow our podcast, it really helps with our ratings and it helps how we appear um, when people are searching for podcasts. So please, as a favor to us, me and Sean, Sean and me, please. Also, if you're so inclined and you really like us and you want to leave us the best review ever, that does wonders. But what we really need you to do is follow. The review stuff is just sprinkles, sprinkles on a Sunday. Right, Sean? Sprinkles on a Sunday. What about the cherry? What counts as the cherry? Okay, the cherry would be if you want to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. So just look up Zendurance Now. You can like us, follow us, comment, message us, and you can always check out our website, which is zendurancenow.com. All right. Awesome. Hope to see thanks, you there. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for, the, thanks for the tech advice. Yes, so over the 10 years, let's say... T- I, because we didn't do the exact math, but over the 10-ish years that we've known each other, mm-hmm. how how has how has your emotional well-being evolved and how does that connect to where you are now? Because you've come you've come a long way. I mean, what if you know, because you've lost you've lost a ton of weight, 
mm-hmm. um, you're you're in you're in very good shape. What's the mm-hmm. what's the difference? You know, I God, I was in such a weird place when we met. You know, because I think I was still married when I, we met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I had to have been. But, yeah. but I think that I really yeah. I know that with my work. I, st- I started talking to you about the emotional connection mm-hmm. between um, yeah between your weight, um, your happiness, and but you know it's not something I can ever it's not something I ever force on people. I just start to introduce these ideas. I introduce mm-hmm. it and then I and then I step back because when it clicks for you, it's going to click for you. And I can never force anybody to do anything. So so you know I'd put the ideas out there and and let you go with it. But now I see you you've made a lot of changes. Yeah. And I, it, and I think that's what scares me a lot or concerns me a lot in the last probably year is that I feel some of those old issues coming back that I thought I had handled. <laughs> how do I, you define, how do you define handled? I thought that I dealt with them well because I had dropped the weight and I said, okay, I'm dealing with things better. I think I, tend to, I, I got way too involved in things like at work, you know, so and you, things I couldn't take care of, that, things I couldn't control. So you so, so you lost the symptoms and you thought that losing the symptoms was mm-hmm. taking care of, yeah. of the root cause, but right. maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't get deep enough. Right. I didn't get deep enough. Right. Okay. You know, gotcha. so I, I even like, you know, since probably December, no, January, you know, I've sought counseling again, you know, which I hadn't done in mm-hmm. a long time. Good. Um, Talk therapy tends to work for me if I can mm-hmm. just if I, if I feel safe enough to just talk it out. Um, I I feel I don't like medication, even though I have anxiety and depression issues. I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't like how it makes me feel. Um, so you know, I'm always like if someone says something about that, I'm always like, you know, can, can we just talk it out? <laughs> you know. Right. Right. And sometimes, and, and and I'm very open to being wrong. It's like even yesterday, you know, when we were talking about some things, I said, "Yeah, I know I'm an ass when I, you know, it comes to these things. I know, you know, I I try to deal with it. There's a little, yeah, I call it the Italian thing, but you know, it's a, a man thing. You know, that you tend to be a little sexist sometimes. I, I understand that, and I know that, and you know, and I try to deal with it, but it's you know, it's I'm not, you know immune to that but um but i guess uh i i think i had like you know just down point i'm trying to think 10 years ago when we met you know we i had a lot of issues going on then and i got better we all have I, a lot of issues I, yeah i feel like i'm getting worse <laughs> to be honest i feel like i'm regressing so i'm trying to nah you know. i i actually i don't see that at all no really? i no i see yeah no you're making progress yeah. maybe i'm just maybe i'm just being a little too hard on myself you know and, and i tend to do that that's always been too. an issue yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> i tend to do that that's normal for me but you know but you know i've been you know my initial degree i guess my bachelor's degree the initial degree was psychology and so i got into it because of these things but I had a I have a minor in philosophy, so I've been kind of revisiting philosophy and in, in in a lot of stuff. You've probably seen posts I make about that kind of stuff, you know. But you know, in Stoicism, it's a lot about you know accepting the past for what it is, but then compartmentalizing. This that's the past. I can't do anything about the past. It's the obstacle happened. is the way. The obstacle is there. You go, Ryan Holiday. There you go. <laughs> 
which I, I, you know, he's my favorite person when it comes to that. He has a way of explaining it that's really good. And I have the Daily Stoic that you don't <laughs> read the, but um, but if you read like Marcus Aurelius, you know, it's like you know, very much a compartment. There's nothing you can do about the past. You don't know about the future because that's, you know, there's it hasn't happened yet. You don't know what's going to happen. So just focus on what's in front of you right now. And I struggle so, with that, but that's the way to do it. But with I I have a specialization in trauma. Okay. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I work with I work at trauma every day. It the thing about compartmentalizing and and I do it because of because of my jobs. I have to. If, right. if I didn't compartmentalize, um, I would absorb everybody else's stuff and and it would kill me. So mm-hmm. there is a benefit to compartmentalizing. However, it's we can't just you, you can't just put it in a box and bury it and shove it away. What happens is stuff stuff if it's if we try to bury things too deep and and they're real issues, right? It starts coming out sideways. I always think about it like, you know, when you see a dam that's starting to break and you see little cracks and little bits of water will come out here and then they're shooting out the other side. And and the way that can look is um, coming out sideways can come forward in addictions, um, in anxiety, uh, depression, um, snapping, you know, like snapping at people. Um, you know, it could be anger management. Um, it could be um, just that we can't move, you know, that, that we know we need to get up and do something, but we're sitting on the couch and we can't and we just can't engage to do it. So mm-hmm. when those little signs start to happen, it's what have we what have we tried to bury? Because there is a benefit to it, because if I took everything home that I see on a daily basis, it, it wouldn't work. However, I'd say one, I don't know. This, this, I don't know, maybe one out of every 100 people that I see, something gets to me or something's very sad mm-hmm. or something's very hard. And what I've learned to do is when I have a hard call or I've processed a, a very tough trauma with, with a client, I have to talk it out. And I'll usually call, I'll usually call a colleague, somebody that does what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's, if it's the therapy side, I'll, you know, call somebody that's in my practice, if it's a paramedic, I'll be like, man, I just had this really tough call. And, and we talk it through. Mm -hmm. And usually just that is enough, but also therapy is important. Um, you know, and all the basics of life, you know, exercise, eating right, staying hydrated, um, because we have to learn the difference between what we can compartmentalize and then what really needs to be felt and what really, I use the word deal with, but what really needs to be dealt with. Um, and by dealt with, I mean, whether we're talking, um, you know, seeing a therapist or medication or going to the doctor, whatever it is. Yeah. I have a weird, weird. Yeah. And I struggle with how to do that. I mean, I, even conversations I've had with, with people that have said, you have to put things in a box and shove them away. I said, okay, but you're like, you are, but you say you're not dealing, you don't deal with that. You've forgotten about all that stuff, but the way you are now by doing that has affected how you are now. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And they don't understand what I'm saying. I say, but it, but you're like, you are now because you've done that. It's still affecting you. Mm -hmm. You know, I just tend to not do it the same way, you know, or when I try to compare, that's what I think my issue. And, you know, we have a mutual friend, we'll just call her Rambo. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, I do. Who has a really hard time compartmentalizing. She's like, yep. 
<laughs> you know, it affects such a every big part. Bit of her. Feels everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, whereas it, it really, you know, is I don't know how she lives. To be honest, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because she has not been able to do that at all. Yeah. And um, so it was, I think there's somewhere in the middle. I need to find a, a spot where I can kind of forget the past, but it's still, but except that it affects me, affects me. And that's why I try to talk. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I try to talk about it. I said, well, I know why I'm reacting to it this way. I know. And finding somebody that's, or friends, friends or anybody that's understands that. It's like, I'm going to react to this this way. And this is why you can't react badly back to me because then I'm going to react even worse. Right. And I know this about myself. <laughs> so, right. or, you know, or even have to, instead of, you know, you can't explain things to somebody who has never been through what you're through. That's why you talk to colleagues, right? right. Like you talk to me about something, a paramedic job. I'm not going to understand it. I can listen, mm-hmm. but I'm yeah. not going to get it. Right. You know, someone who was never sexually abused right. would not understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. They won't understand it, you know, where they right. or just forget about it. It happened in the past. Who cares? Well, right. no, <laughs> it does affect you. Mm-hmm. And, and, it affects you in ways that maybe you're not even realizing it affects you in this way. We, you know, I've talked to, you know, a, a friend, you know, about just the, uh, the physical side is that I, I, I equate. Okay. This is, you know, <laughs> so now I'm struggling even to say this. I equate uh, sex with caring. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if we don't have sex, that means you don't care. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a fucked up way of doing it. <laughs> I know that in my head, that's not right. But that's how I equate it. Mm-hmm. And so, no, and understanding, okay, that's how I react to that. Mm-hmm. So instead that's of what you learned, instead yeah. of telling me I'm wrong for feeling right. that, well, well, let's talk this through. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, you know, you need to find help. No, I don't need to. I, yes, I do need to talk about this, but telling me I need to find help is not going to help me. Because I'm going to react bad to that. Now you're telling me uh, there's something wrong with me. Well, no, because I've had that reaction. I've had this happen to me. So you're at the stage where you're you're just starting to see and hear and realize what your stuff is. Like you're really starting to get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And I've kind of known. Yeah. And that's and part of that is going through therapy and and saying, okay, this is why I reacted to it this way. This is why I equate this to this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, you grow up in a house where, you know, as the oldest, you know, you're kind of, I don't I hesitate to say some things, but, um, you know, you just treat it a different way. You treated, you don't feel a lot of caring, you know what I mean? There's not a lot of, you don't feel loved. So, you know, it, it screws up your image, your, your body image, your self-image, your self-worth. And even at 60, even though I know, I mean, you've seen some of my posts where I say, well, I just want to think that I've made a difference in someone's life, a positive mm-hmm. difference, you know, that's important to me, you know? So, but even though I know, honestly, like even you said, I think on that post that you have, and I said, yeah, but yeah. I, I don't feel that. And I know, I, even though I know I have, mm-hmm. so you haven't, yeah. you haven't internalized it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, 
So there's a lot of psycho mumbo jumbo there by now, but <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. But uh, yeah, <laughs> pulling it out of me, man. You can make me cry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, but my mom passing was that hit me way harder than I thought it would because my mom and I had issues, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, she's the one that said I lied about the abuse and, mm-hmm. you know, and we never got to really reconcile that. And then she was gone, you know, so, you know, that screwed me up, right. you know, and, you know, and you couldn't, there was no, there was no chance to say goodbye, I guess, you know, but even my stepdad who, was the perpetrator of all that, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. at least I could, you know, when he was dying, at least I could go to him and say, okay, it's okay. You know, you forgive them for mm-hmm. whatever happened, you know, and then they can pass. You know, it's more for me than him. He's dead. He don't care. <laughs> you know, that is dead, but um, I didn't get to do that with her, you know, so that kind of struck you. Yeah. My brother was like the, he's in Oregon and, when I talked to him, he he took it worse than I did, which was amazing to me because he was always the manly guy. But he said the only thing, the first thing that went through his head is, I don't know what the last thing I said to her was. Wow. You know, when you talk to him. And it's like, God, that's right. Because she irritated me so much. Was I being an ass the last time I talked to her? Right. And I was like, God, that would suck. You know, so it, it messes you up. You know, so. And. So then I'm like, well, then my sister, you know, it's like, because I was talking to her about it. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was talking to her about it. And, you know, this is the sense of humor in my family, though. It's like, you know, all I'm thinking of now, I'm the oldest. I'm next. Because we've been very lucky as a family that everybody that's passed is is who you should have passed. Right. You know, I've never lost a sibling, never lost a cousin. You know, everybody has died. You know, in the order of age, doing the Italian thing with my hands. Right. So, so I should be next, <laughs> you know, and she goes, well, we can only hope, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, it makes you laugh, you know, so yeah, but you're after me. <laughs> you're the next oh, one. And, and what I was going to say is that trauma and disordered eating go hand in hand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um because it's a it's a protection mechanism. And like I was like I was saying, when when we can't feel and we shove things down, we need something to dull it. So that's where addictions tend to come in. We're mm-hmm. using whether it's um, you know, whether it's drinking or drugs, um, eating, sex, gambling, we're using all those things to dull those feelings that keep trying to come up. Because mm-hmm. we tried to compartmentalize it, you try to shove it down, you try to shove it down, and you can't. So you need some external, you need, basically it's like a coping skill, right? And right. it works at first, right? And sure. addiction, that's how addictions start. They work, you know, you, you drink or you drug or you eat or, you know, whatever, whatever your poison is. And it's like, okay, this is working. I'm not feeling things. Then, you know, you keep doing it and you develop a tolerance. Mm-hmm. And so you have to do more to get the same, to get the same effect. And then you're eventually going to hit a point where, no matter how much you do, it doesn't work. And it's not letting whatever it is that you're t- trying to keep quiet down. Stay, stay it, quiet, right? It's coming up. Yeah. And I think that's up. where I feel myself now is that it's, 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 it's happening that way again. Is that, you know, okay, you know, I'm dealing with it through food again, you know, and, and it's, 
it's like it's like that cycle that you you feel awful after you do it, you know. Right. <laughs> but you still because do it, it because it's st- because it stops working. Yeah. If it yeah. was working, you wouldn't feel so awful about it. Like yeah. it, you know, initially, initially it works. Yeah. It's that the guilt starts when it doesn't work anymore, and those feelings are coming back up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like I was I, I was looking good. I was feeling good. You know, everything. I was feeling very positive and, and just the fact that oh my god i'm heading down this path again like what the fuck is wrong with me <laughs> you know well there's nothing wrong with you, you yeah just but that's what i'm human, thinking but you be you're human like the rest of us we have not reached enlightenment yeah. or superhero status i'm uh, working on it i'll let everybody know i'll let you know when i get there i'll let you know how i did it and i'll sell it to you for lots of money for lots <laughs> just of kidding money. the one isn't there a pill i can take that just oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah well, that was the cult episode that we did. Yeah, mm-hmm. Coach. What yeah. did we call you, Sean? His high, His Highness. His Highness, Mister Mister Sean. Mister Sean. Sean. Mr. Sean. <laughs> Father Sean. Um, I don't want. I don't know if I want to be associated with Father Sean. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I think we might have to stay away. That's a little too. Uh, <laughs> I, I did. Too. I I did want to touch on something you were talking about, like the um, the regret from like the unresolved issues, like with mm. with your mom and like. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of my parents had passed, um, mm-hmm. and I was, I mean, I was really blessed that like all the shit that like, I like put them through or whatever, like any of the, any of the issues on, on my side and on their side, like we kind of had like dealt mm-hmm. with it all. And I'm, but I have, you know, siblings that, that I saw that like didn't get that full resolution and like this is i mean my parents have been passed for for years now and like i still see see some of that like register in like in their like when they talk about like and and they don't talk about like either of my parents like either of my any of my siblings either of my parents in like a negative way but like you could just see like that like that hint of like some unresolved stuff there that and, like sort of Dude, I feel for you. That sh- that shit fucking sucks. Like it, it's it's a it's a weight. And, yeah. Were you the oldest or the youngest? I'm the baby. See, the I baby, was gonna I was gonna guess that you're the baby. Yeah. How did you not know that? I was the, like, the uh, he's he's the baby. There, yeah. He's the baby. I'm the oldest, and yeah. we have a definite different yeah. relationship with our parents than the youngest do. And there's a comic out there right now on a. Hello World on Netflix. He talks about that, that he he was the oldest and he was born like the day after they they got saved. So he got the full brunt of the religious background. And he says, my, he says, you couldn't even say the word suck in their house because that was a bad word. And I couldn't say that growing up. Yeah. I was not allowed to say that. You couldn't say that. And and so he got so he his world was very different than his youngest sister, who's 10 years younger. He's like. He's like she. She says she tells them they suck to their face. Yeah. <laughs> she goes. He goes. I think you're gonna get in trouble for that. And she goes. I'm 18. <laughs> I'll do what I want. <laughs> and he goes. I don't think you can. <laughs> I'm. I'm 28 and I'm still hiding wine. <laughs> you know, it's a very different dichotomy. It's like, and I related to what he was saying. It's like, as we got, you know, I'm the oldest of four, well, five really, if you count half brothers and stuff. But, um. As they got younger, you can see my brother Michael had a very different upbringing than I did. Like he wasn't abused, and he wasn't that you know nothing happened to him, <laughs> but me, my sister, and then it stopped. You know, as it got down, so 
we we have a very different outlook on our parents. You know, my father died, you know, was killed when I was three. I never knew my father. So I always wonder, like, what it would have been, it would have been different. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, what would I have been if he had been still around? Yeah. So, you know, it's nothing I can do about, but you always wonder, you know, you know. Yeah. You know. I think you, you've touched on a lot, like, for, for a lot of it, like, the acceptance of what it is, is like, mm-hmm. right, like, in, in most forms of recovery, like, acceptance of whatever the situation is, right, you start mm-hmm. with acceptance, right, like, right, of whatever you're given, that's like, doesn't, yeah. I'm not saying that, like, you don't have to, like, deal with it, but, like, just being able to accept it always seems like, for me, is, like, the biggest thing in, in anything that I've been dealing with right now, Mm-hmm. where the where all the fucking negative character traits that i have like get brought to the surface it's all because i'm not accepting whatever the whatever the situation whatever the person's giving me whatever the, that's all yeah. the shit all my shit gets brought to the surface when that when mm-hmm. that happens yeah that's very a stoic thing again accepting yeah. what it is you know you know it was a moro fate mori fate yeah. you know accept your fate that's what it is you know there's nothing you can do about it well, to learn to deal with it, but yeah, you know, yeah. and I even got the tattoo. I don't know if you've ever seen my new one. <laughs> oh no, I haven't. But it's it's um, stoic thing is memento mori, memento vivere, which is you know, remember you're going to die, so remember to live. Basically, exactly. Yeah, everybody dies. You mm-hmm. know, there's nothing you can do about it. You're going to die, and so accepting that, but remember to live instead of focusing on the fact that you're going to die sometime in the future. Right. And that's something I say all the time when people get on me. It's like, I mean, no men in my life, in my family, live past 70. So I always joke that I had 10 years left. <laughs> you know, if it, if it holds true, I've got 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so when's it going to happen? But that doesn't well, mean I'm not. The one, but maybe yeah, you're the one to break the cycle. Exactly. I'm, I'm a lot healthier. I mean, people were different. My, you know, my grandfather at 60 was very different than I am at 60 you know, health wise and just the way we are, you know, people weren't riding bikes at 60 when my grandfather was 60, <laughs> you know, right. that just wasn't, you weren't doing that. You were retiring, you know, things like that. And so one of the other things that, that I think has changed with you over the past 10 years, and I, it might've taken me a year of coaching you to actually broach this with you. Cause I'm very careful when mm-hmm. I say things, right. Mm-hmm. But your your prior brand, the fat slow triathlete, which I thought was it, it's excellent in the sense that it's it's inclusive and it it tells people that whatever size you are, it's it's okay to get out there and move. And I That's, think that, and that was the that was the meaning behind it, right? Exactly. And that that piece spot on, totally it, really great. But then mm-hmm. after a while, I think I had a talk with you one day, and I said, "Look, you're because you." that became your identity. Mm-hmm. You were like the fat person running. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I couldn't lose weight because I had to be the fat slow triathlete. Exactly. If I lost weight, I wasn't the fat slow triathlete anymore. <laughs> exactly. And and realize that 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 weight is is emotional protection against trauma. Yeah. Right. That's that's it. That that was your that was your addiction that you, you were using to protect yourself from the trauma. So it's, again, walking that fine line between. And I do believe that that stoicism 
when they talk about compartmentalizing things, they're talking about compartmentalizing after they make peace, after, mm -hmm. you know, what, after acceptance is truly reached, like what, you know, like what Sean was just saying, mm -hmm. you know, finding that acceptance, finding that peace, and then, and then moving on. But, but yeah, that was, I think that was kind of a, a pivotal moment in, in my working with you where, you know, where we were talking about that, like, okay, how much of this do you want to hold on to? And, mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you ever choose to hold on to the weight because you need that protection, well, that's where you are. And that's exactly, but losing that weight also brings a huge sense of vulnerability mm -hmm. because it's, because it is your armor. You know? Right. And, and I think you even saw that after we had that talk, it evolved. I mean, it went from well, mm -hmm. you can see the evolution of it. It was like fat, slow triathlete, you know, for years it was fat, right. slow triathlete. And Andrew and I used to talk about it on the show all the time that mm -hmm. we start identifying with it a little too much. Um, and, but that became what back of pack endurance. Okay. Now we're accepting the fact that we're slow as hell and we're not always going to be in the back, but that's where the party is, right? Party's in the back. Yeah. It's like a mullet, just like a mullet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so but that ended up being, well, Randy Messman is the one that came up with endurance for everyone. I said, okay, well, that's even better, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and now I even dropped that. So now it's just teeny free, <laughs> you know, right. things like that. And it bothers me like even today, because I've been using Skype in forever. It's still fat, slow triathlete on my mm -hmm. Skype. It's like, oh, I need to fix that because I haven't used right. this in forever. But um, it bothers me that the website is still fatslowtriathlete.com. You can go to team e for ecom and it'll go to that, but it still says fastlowtriathlete.com at the top. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to fix that <laughs> unless I start well, all over again. I, I think that rather than fix it, just embrace that that's part of who you are. Yeah. And that piece of you in that inclusivity does help a lot of people. It's not all bad. You don't mm -hmm. gotta you don't have to put it in the in the fuck it box and lock yeah. it away. Mm -hmm. That's like um I'm thinking of Sean, what's her last name? Mirna. You know who I'm talking about? I do. The, the, um, the, the black woman that's heavy and she runs, uh, Myrna, Sean will look it up, mm -hmm. but that's, that's her message. And anybody can do this. Anybody yeah. can do this. Just, just get out there and move. And I think that's really important. So maybe that doesn't need to be in a lockbox. Maybe that's a piece that can be out because it's part of you and it's, you know, it's part of your evolution and it's part of your struggle that you're very open about. It helps people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm open about it. And I mean, the other part is that, you know, learning to deal with the fact that, I mean, and I've told clients, this is like, if you're training for a marathon, you have to accept the fact that it's going to suck. You're going to feel pain. I don't care how fast you are. It's going to suck, but you, you almost have to get comfortable with it. You run with me though. We have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we'll stop with dance. Let's we'll stop with dance breaks and whatever. Sean, what's her last name? Mina Valerino. Is that right? Okay. Valer. Yeah. Valerino. Yeah. Sounds Italian. Valerio. Valerio. Mm. Yeah. No. No ending in there. Ends in a vowel. Gotcha. <laughs> so so it's like and it really, John, you've hit you've like hit the nail on the head for the title of this podcast, comfortably uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Sure. All of this stuff that we do. Well, let me not all of it, but a lot of it is very, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. However, there is such a realness in that. Yes. That I think we that I think we need to embrace. And in that discomfort, um, 
you said it at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you got to laugh, you got to make jokes. I, you, I, I make jokes all the time, you know, especially at work about things that are grossly inappropriate. However, if we don't laugh, then we're just going to sit there and be completely miserable. And there can be some joy that's found in that, in that discomfort. Yeah. I've, I've been told I, I, I joke about stuff too much because I'll find things funny and everything. I mean, it's just, I should have been a comedian, honestly, <laughs> but it's like, um, hey, it's not too late. No, I, I couldn't stand up front. But if you ever want it, like my style, if you ever know, if you know this comedian named Mark Marin, I mean, he's like my, he, he's me. <laughs> it's like when I hear him talking, that, that's what I think, except he's Jewish. That's the only thing that's different. <laughs> but he, his way of looking at things, it's funny, we're not like the same age. We were born near the same time. But when he talks about some things, like, yeah, that's exactly, I've said that exact same thing. He, he had one bit that he was talking about. Someone asked him if he, uh, if he had ever listened to the band Fish. And he goes, no, man, I've got the Allman Brothers and half the Grateful Dead collection in my head. I don't need another jam band. I, I don't know how much long I have left. And I say that all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's too, uh, it's too, much, point. too many jam bands in my head already. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think you, but I think you have to joke sometimes. I mean, and I tell nothing irritates me more (laughs) as even when, if I'm not a coach, if I hear someone just on a bike ride where you're supposed to, it's just a ride. And it's like, I'll say like yesterday, it's a, it's a ride. It's not a race, just ride, you know? And, but they, they like complained, like they're, my butt hurts. My, (laughs) it's like, well, yeah, it's 40 miles. It's going to (laughs) hurt. Your ass is going to hurt. You know, when, so when I was running in college, um, the the women that I were that I was running with, um, so I think I was a freshman. They were they were seniors, but they had a great system for this. So there'd be a group of us, like on our on our easy days, they would be long run days. And mm-hmm. so let's say there's there's ten to twenty um, ten to twenty of us running together. Mm-hmm. That could be a lot of complaining. So depending how many. We're running at the beginning of each run. Everybody would get anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute. Say everything that's awful that's going on in your life. And we'll be like, Mm -hmm. my my ankle hurts and I have this exam due and blah, blah, blah. And you get it out and then you're done. Move on to the next person. And then that negativity was not allowed to come out in that group run um, for the remainder of the run. Because if if all of us kept that going, that that's that's a lot. That's a lot, but just being able to everybody having their turn and being mm-hmm. able to to spit it out, then we genuinely move on. Because if yeah. you're saying if you're saying you know talking about how your knee hurts for you know for a half hour, then I'm going to be like, oh man, maybe my knee hurts too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I I think <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, yeah, and my back too. And then I start ranting about my back, and then the next person, you know, it's it's well, that's what got just, me yesterday when they were complaining about their butt hurting. I said, all of a sudden, then my butt started hurting. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, my butt hurts too. And then I say, oh, I can't think of that. I can't think of that. But, um, yep. My said, favorite, my favorite line is a, a Josh White line. It's fucking just wait 10 minutes. Something else will hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of like Florida weather, right? Yes. Uh, if you don't like it, just wait 10 minutes. It'll be different. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or what gets me is like, <laughs> My roommate was like about this. I you know, hopefully she's not listening to this. But, well, hopefully but, we want to encourage listeners. Hopefully she yeah. <laughs> we want like, so please share this with your roommate. Uh, share oh this with God. your friend. 
but she hates to sweat and it's like drives me crazy. It's like, are you kidding um, me? Sweating is part of it, man. Oh God. And I'm forgetting, <laughs> oh God, I'm forgetting the skier's name. Um, in the last Olympics, you know how they do features mm-hmm. on different athletes. Um, she just retired. Oh, she she'd won a number. You know, one. I think the most. Lindsay she was Vaughan? the most. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Lindsay She's not the most. Michaela Schifrin is. Michaela yeah, Schifrin's a fucking. Okay, so star. okay, so it was Lindsay. It was Lindsay Vaughn won more downhills than any. US. Okay, so she was saying the same thing. She hates to sweat. So what she does is she has a gym in her basement, and she lives someplace cold, and she goes down in the basement, opens the door, and works out so she never sweats because she hates it. So they're well, that's funny because the only person that people I've ever I've heard it from more than one person, but the only people that say that are women. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never I, heard a man well, say I hate to sweat. Our I, physiology our wife, does make us our more sensitive to it. it. Yeah, see? <laughs> if I don't yeah. like sweating. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> You're going to sweat. And my my thought, you know, going back to, you know, growing up in Florida and playing football and stuff like that, it's like, if you're not sweating, you're not working hard enough. If I get right. through a workout and I haven't sweat, that's like I didn't do enough. That's and in my head. If you can't wring out the shirt, yeah, that, did you even work I, out? I want when I'm on a when I'm on the Peloton or something. I want that puddle underneath. <laughs> if I don't have that puddle underneath me, I haven't done enough to keep right. going. So it's 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 funny. It's like you know you you're doing a 30 minute bike workout and you're not sweating. Uh, <laughs> did you really work out? Right. <laughs> and this is why coaches need coaches right, right here. <laughs> Yeah. Because, like, we would never, I don't think any of us would ever say that to one of our athletes, especially mm. if it's an easy day. We would never do that, but to ourselves. Oh, yeah, we're thinking it. To, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell my yeah. athletes that. Oh, oh not you. on an easy day. You're full of shit. Well, no, you know what, Sean? I think I would too. <laughs> I'll both of you full of shit. Easy days are easy days. I've, I've seen, Sean, I've seen your training peaks. Yeah, plans. but your easy days is a workout for me. It's like I well, used to. When I started doing triathlon and they'd say, do a, an easy three mile run before you work out. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like a workout for me. There's no easy three mile run. There's no easy run to me. There's an easy bike, easy swim, but yeah. easy run. Yeah. No, that doesn't, that doesn't, there's no such thing. <laughs> so, well, and yesterday I was, I just hopped on um, my bike to do just an easy half hour on Zwift. That there was my go. goal. Cause I, <laughs> I, and so that's my intention. Right. But for those who know Zwift, so I, I picked a course and I just randomly picked it. And of course I picked something that was phenomenally hilly. I didn't really mean mm. to, but okay. Um, <laughs> I can deal with that. But then, you know, they have the segments that you get to race. And yeah, you have those little markers on the side. <laughs> I am so competitive in those segments and I have no idea who I'm racing against. It's all about me. And Mm -hmm. next thing you know, I'd raced three different segments and I was top five in two. And then I was top 10 in the other one because I just didn't start the segment fast enough. But I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my stats afterwards going, that was supposed to be just an easy warm up ride. What the heck was going on? But I see that segment and my brain just lights up. Okay, so right. let's circle back, talk about like addictions, right? Uh-huh. My brain lights up when I see for those who those little markers. The little you'll see a little lit marker. Yep. <laughs> and then I'm like, man, let's go. It's Dry, very, drop it. Yeah, it's very Pavlovian. It's it's yeah. very Pavlovian, you know. It's not automatic, you kick it in. Right. And you that damn person is not gonna get in front of me. Yeah. And, you know, you yeah. see somebody come up behind you and then come around you, is no, 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 no. 
nope, yep, nope. That's exactly it. It just, it, yeah, it lights me up. And that was supposed to be, that was supposed to be my easy day yesterday. So well, anyway, I mean, but well, um, Peloton <laughs> is this kind of the same thing is like, you get this. Now I used to do Zwift forever. Now I'm doing the Peloton, but you get that mm-hmm. leaderboard over here. And well, if you're I, doing a, I turn the leaderboard off. I have to, I, I have shut to. it. So I, you can't, I can't look at I it. I have to stuff. now because what yeah. happens is that when you're doing live ones, especially, I mean, it right. climbs you, it drops you and things like that. Oh God. <laughs> you know, so how are they doing that? On Zwift, my issue is that you can game the system. Right. It's like you can make it look like you're doing more power than you're really doing. Right. Yeah. Just you just adjust game. your weight. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you get people that you know damn well aren't that fast. <laughs> They're not pushing, mm-hmm. you know, FTPs at that high. They're not. And 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 for the record, my weight is always truth. On Swift, I have never. So once, is mine. That's what irritates never you. Never once altered altered my weight. You get into too. you get into a race event, and then you know it starts, yeah. and everybody just leaves. You. <laughs> Everybody's gone. Well, there's some there's I, there's some races um, that you actually have to weigh in beforehand to prove your weight for mm. for Swift. Um, That's kind of so. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you know what a... the the issue is. I don't I don't own a scale. So when that That's when right. that race came around, I was like. Oh, Okay, this is going to be a little bit of a problem. I genuinely, I mean, mm-hmm. no. What do you no. weigh, like a buck five? <laughs> Pretty five, much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm Same. working at it. I'm my left, my left leg, my left <laughs> butt cheek weighs 105. <laughs> God. I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to lift weights. It's oh, it's killing me. It's killing me. But I'm I'm doing, I'm not racing. I'm not run racing this season. I signed mm. up. I'm signing up for a lot of bike races. And speaking of the pain in your butt and your back, mm. the hardest thing that I've noticed in cycling is strengthening my posterior chain. Like I have to work on that all the time or else mm. when I bike, oh my God, my back, my neck, my hips, everything. That's um, where I that's where I felt it lately is my shoulders. Yeah, like you got, in, yeah. in the middle right here because I'm, you know. Yep. And um, my back, which, you know, if your lower back's hurting, it's not really your back that's hurting. It's your, you know, your, your hamstrings are screwed up. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah, for me, it's my hips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, well you've got a reason for that, but, you know, yeah. but, you know, it's a different, I was just talking to somebody this morning before I got on here about, it's about strengthening that core. My core sucks. And I know my posture is wrong because I think over the years, because of the arthritis and stuff like that, my body's just changed to kind of make up for it. So when I stand straight, I always feel like I'm crooked, <laughs> you know, even well, when I look at since, myself. Since I broke, so since I broke my back and my hips, mm. um, six or six years. Has um, it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it um, seems like that just happened. I'm sure it's for you too. Like sometimes. Yeah, but one thing, one thing that's happened to me is I cannot slouch. That's one of the reasons I sit where I sit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't slouch because if I slouch, I broke my sacrum. That was one of the things that I broke. But it mm-hmm. it, it, it broke my sacrum and my front and rear ischium on the right side. Um, if I slouch, it puts tremendous pressure on, on my lower back. And it feels like it gives me like a dull ache that feels like I'm going to vomit. Can you, feel, so I, can you feel that immediately when you slouch? I mean, or is it, it just takes, something that comes on? It, takes about it takes about a half hour to kick in like bill has a recliner that that Mm -hmm. he sits in and it's really comfy it's it's yeah yeah, you get in that recliner you could go to sleep Mm -hmm. but if i sit in that recliner bill's a fucking um, 90 year old guy jesus christ he is is. i got a fucking lazy boy 
You do, it's you sit in that chair. I guarantee you're going to sleep. That chair like sucks you in. But for mm. me, it'll I'll sit there and I'm like, oh, this is nice. But after a half hour, I start to just feel this aching. Like, well, you have, yeah. I guess I almost wish that I had something like that because then it would like. Wait, but you do. It would you correct. You have me. your you're a cancer survivor and you have psoriatic arthritis mm-hmm. and a history of abuse. So I just gave it to you, <laughs> right there. That's mm-hmm. those are your reasons. There you yeah, go. Yeah. So write write those on a whiteboard, and if you ever start to doubt why you're why you're in pain, go. Oh yeah, I have reasons, and I'm working through them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they they're actually looking at changing my meds for the PSA. Oh. Because okay. I was on Remicade for years, and then of mm-hmm. course insurance, because insurance knows more than doctors. Oh, it's brutal, would not brutal. would not approve the Remicade anymore. So they put me on a another brand, and and just ever since then, it's been coming back. Mm. So they're trying to get me on an injectable instead now, so I don't have to go to infusions anymore. Well, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I just have to go in once a month and get it injected. Oh, I was gonna say, can you do the injection yourself? Or well, I asked I asked them that, and because I do the uh, you know get more into medical, the psoriatic, the autoimmune stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember probably all this happened. It lowered my testosterone levels mm-hmm. because my body yep. was taking what testosterone it had and converting it to estrogen. Exactly. So my yep. estrogen levels were really high and my testosterone was really low. So as my doctor so eloquently put it, you're basically in menopause. Right. <laughs> That's why you can't lose weight. So um, so we got that fixed up. But I, I do injectables uh, like I have to do one today um, twice a week for testosterone. Mm-hmm. My testosterone was 97. Wow. You know, and it's supposed to be, I think, uh, for my age, 300 to 800. Yeah. So right now I'm hovering with the, I'm, I'm still on the low end, but I'm right around 400. Right. Which, you know, that, that helps, you know, I feel better after, mm-hmm. you know, after that. Hormones but. make a huge, huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's typically women that, um, that we work with that are having these issues, but, but men that have, um, you know, that, that have medical issues, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially cancer or, or that type of thing. Um, you know, it, it's common because of I'm the try- treatments and what you've been through. I just got this book and I'm trying to remember it. I'm looking it up, trying to remember the name of it. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but, um, talking about like lifting as you get older, um, and Sean, you coach like lifting too, right? Do you, Megan? Do you coach that? Yeah, I do now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, for women or for men or for people in general? Uh, well, I guess for people in, in general. It's called, oh, okay. uh, the book is called Built from Broken. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard okay. of that? It's really a decent book. The one, the, the, the go-to I use is Stacey Sims and her <laughs> work for, but that's that's women specific <clears throat> training. Yeah, this yeah. is this is basically, um, it's it's a it's an interesting book. It's a, by a CPT Scott Hogan built from broken, but it's a uh, one of his things is that I don't know if it's true or not. You know, to be honest, but um, people say well, when you start feeling the the ligament damage and and the stuff like that as you get older, people want to stop lifting when really that's what they should be doing <laughs> is because that's going to strengthen those ligaments. That you can't as a 60, like I can't as a 60 year old push up. I could, but I I'm, I shouldn't be working with 250 pounds bench presses anymore. It's just, it's too heavy, you know, even though I can do it, I can do it, but I really should be lifting lighter, but still lifting because that's still, that's going to 
his point is that that's going to help strengthen you as you get older you know bone bone mass it helps yeah i mean it it gets blood flowing into all the the areas that need it for sure absolutely like yeah like i said that's one of the things of like when i started lifting again instantaneously like well not instantaneously but like i could see the progression and just like the strength of like my tendons and like when i would crash my mountain bike Mm. the damage like to my body was way less because because you're a little bit muscle muscle and and ligaments act more like armor you know well there's you know there's this all belief and it's still out there that you can't build muscle mass after the age of 50 you can't Oh goodness! Yeah, and, that's yeah. Yeah, there's there's this all yeah, and really there's all this these things out there to say no. Yeah, you can. You can't build as fast, and it might be a little different. You know, if you're well, if you want to become a bodybuilder, this big massive bodybuilder yeah. now. Well, yeah, that's probably like not. the women. The women that I work with that say, you know, I'll have them doing heavy weights, and they'll say, well, I don't want to get big, and I'm like, look at oh, me. I, uh, that drives me. <laughs> look crazy. at me. I was like, I was like, if if you genuinely wanted to be in bodybuilding competitions or you wanted to get big, I would send you to somebody else because yeah. that's not what I do. Um, I, I I don't even know that I could do that if I tried because that's not that's not what I do, you know. But but lifting heavy and plyometrics mm-hmm. um, to especially for women to help maintain strength and bone mass and and hormones is absolutely crucial for for female athletes and i was i feel like i was really late to the game learning mm-hmm. that because I, I wasn't trained like that i didn't know that um well i I, mean, I grew up lifting you know as part of football and and you had to be on the weightlifting team as a part of the football team so you know in track and you lifted all the time and i got and through the navy i lifted but when I started training triathlon at that time, they actually told you not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I had to come around on that and say, no, you still need to lift. You, you you feel better. I always feel better after I lift. And maybe that's my background, but I always feel better after I lift. I love, I like lifting too. And yeah. Mike and I talk about that all the time. That there's, there's some, there's, there's just something about pushing weight. <laughs> it's, you know? it's, it's meditative in a lot of ways. For yeah. Me. Yeah. It and, really is. And so then why I hate it. I do it because it, I. It's one of those things. It's a comfortably uncomfortable thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like to do it, but I do it because the benefits are great. So mm-hmm. I don't have a problem doing it, but I really have to like psych myself up to do it. Um, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I just read. But I, I just get much that from a lot. I get that from a lot of my female female clients. Yeah. I, I get that too. You know, it's like but, they just don't like doing it. And but you know, I to me that's running. You know, I was well, like, I well, know it's good. It, I know I should do it, but I hate it. I'm trying to remember what athlete I was talking to the other day where we had this conversation about doing things that you hate. Sometimes you just, sometimes you have to do it. And for me, that's, that's strength and core work. Mm -hmm. That is not fun. I mean, I wouldn't say that I hate it. Um, I mean, stretching, stretching for me. I hate stretching. Oh, see, I love my, I love, you've told me that. I love, I mean, did you stretch? No. I, I, I could do I could do <laughs> yoga all day every day no. and then and then run in between sessions and I yeah if I could bounce back and forth between the, the two I days am, I'd be I'm happy. probably the most unlimber person ever. I can't. Yeah, I know. That's like I can't do it. I cannot sit um, like on the floor. I can't sit with my legs straight out in front of me on the floor. All you have I to can't. do is just put it put a put a pillow under your butt. Lift your butt up higher. Yeah, but. Yeah, not that hard. <laughs> well, I, I, and talk about yoga is like I can do the power poses. I'm really mm-hmm. good at those. I can. You put me in a warrior pose, I'll stay there forever. 
I could do that. But those limber things, no, <laughs> can't do it. My my PT on a regular basis is like, I don't know how you run. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so your your joint flexion is so poor in some yeah, areas. I get that all the time. My hips are like tight. My I, I just I can't open up. Like it's I don't know if well, I. Hey, will. wait, wait, wait. Pause right there. Pause right there. What did you just say? I can't open up. Right. That's <laughs> that's exactly what you've been. That's exactly what you've been working on. That's right. right. That's right. Right. And that's that's where your success is going to come from. Not in necessarily making you like a Cirque du Soleil, um, you know, contortionist. That's my goal. Or, that's my goal. <laughs> or you know, just emotionally. Uh, you know, uh, emotionally uh, wearing your heart on your sleeve, but finding that, finding that happy medium. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's always about a happy medium. Right. But that, and that goes back to like the, the races and a really good conversation with, with her yesterday about refocusing on why you're doing these things. Are you doing them because you really like doing it? Or are you doing it because you feel like you have, you have to present this certain, persona um know? we talked about that i think sean i don't know if it was the last yes it was when we were doing goals and struggles struggles and goals with mm. um with sam on the podcast and the way sam trains i actually changed my training and i'm kind of I, i'm working a lot like sam um in my recovery from my last surgery which i think my last surgery was april of of last year what I do is I have a general plan for what I want to do for the week, what workouts I want to get in and, mm -hmm. and what will work on what days. But when I wake up, I allow myself the flexibility. If I'm not feeling good or if something hurts, um, I acquiesce and I go, yeah. okay, you know, not today. You know, we'll, we'll have to just switch that to, you know, again, if, if I need to get in a long bike ride and I know I only have Saturday and Sunday to do it, you know, I have to keep that in mind. I mean, there's certain things that are in the back of my head and the, you know, parameters of my schedule and whatnot, but learning to really listen to my body is something that I've been working on since, since the external fixator came off my lower leg. Yeah. And that, that was her point yesterday is like, you know, is, is, is listen to yourself a little bit more. You know, are you doing this 30 mile ride because you want to do it or because you feel like you have to do it, you know, and, right. and, and move towards like, well, I'm doing it because I want to do it. Right. I, I find it fun. You know, what's the why, right? Like that's it's exactly gets down why. to that Simon Sinek thing, finding your why. And, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I sign up for these triathlons, but am I finding it? Am I doing it because it's fun or am I doing it because I feel like I need to present this persona? And, and I have realized that since, since all these surgeries, I genuinely love to run. I mm -hmm. love to be outside. Yeah. I, and not on a treadmill. <laughs> I mean, but I'm talking like when I'm in the woods, mm -hmm. that is a piece of me that, um, that I genuinely love. And the question is, how do I, how do I work with that love of being outside within the immediate confines of the healing that that is happening and just because today i i may not be able to go out and do the the long trail run that i want to do doesn't mean that it's going to be that way next week or a month from now mm -hmm. or a year from now but the more i listen to myself the more i heal and it and it again we're circling back to that um that false bravado like i can do this i can suck it up i can go through anything 
Right. And that's going to be great race day. That's what you want. You know, bring bring that race day. But in your training, there's there's got to be a little bit of a balance and maybe some gentleness and kindness right. um, towards your yes. body. Yeah, and not John. <laughs> He's shaking his head no. David Goggins told me no. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on him. Well, Mr. Sean, <laughs> Mr. Sean told me that if I didn't eat a certain way X many podcasts ago, if somebody didn't hear this episode on cult, <laughs> I didn't eat a certain way. I was only allowed to sleep so many hours. I was supposed to take certain supplements. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sean, Mr. Sean tells me what I have to do. And if I mess up, he may forgive me. He may not. I don't know. Listen, Megan, that may work for you, but it's not going to work for me. <laughs> Mr. Sean told me this is what I had to do. <laughs> that was there was a, a legitimate comment that came across that, that may work for you, but it's not going to work for me. Yes. Yeah. In one of our posts, I was like, oh, they, I, person, I had to. That, that had, person I, missed the joke and in its entirety. I did. I actually right. messaged that person privately and said, just so you know, we're 100% joking. And she goes, oh, she goes, I thought you were serious. I said, no, no, that's, that that's would be so a, funny that would be a people, cry for help. <laughs> right. That's so funny when people like don't get the joke and <laughs> they take you seriously. I really did. I really did have to message her because I was yeah. like, I, 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 I couldn't even tell if she was joking, but then I've started, like, I've started like, I'll post some stuff. And obviously if people know me, they know I'm joking yeah, or I'm being sarcastic or I'm being, you know, just contrarian. And then somebody will like jump on me. And that's like, my response is always, it's a joke. I'm joking. It's like, I'm not even going to, or I'll say, you, you may have seen it. I'll say, you know, I'm not even going to argue with you about this. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to argue about this. I've st- I, I mean, I used to like just delete it, but that, that gave the impression that I didn't want an, an alternative viewpoint on it. But it's like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, if you knew me, you know, I was joking about that. I don't think that. Right. <laughs> so. So are you telling me I should not devote my life and love and every bit of my time to Mr. Sean? Because I, I don't know. I, no, I'm I'm telling you the opposite. <laughs> John's on. Yeah, you, you know you need to find you need to start the beard, grow the beard. Oh, okay. Oh, Mr. John. Oh man, what's Mr. Sean gonna know when I go over to Mr. John? Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, say it's the same beard, just more gray. You know? Yeah. So it's, mine's getting there. Okay. Yeah. I remember when I had little, one little spot. Now look at it. When I had one little spot, I would color it. <laughs> now it's like uh, embrace, embrace the gray. I got no gray yeah. up here. Just embrace <laughs> it. It's, it's nice. It's uniform. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now it is, but it didn't used to be. That's what I say. It started this spot right there. But now at least it's all gray. So. Um, so John. Before we before we start to close up, why don't you promo tell tell everybody where to find you, what you're doing, if somebody wants to talk to you, if somebody wants to, to yeah, seek you so out. throw out your so, address if people wants to show up. Yeah, your my phone exactly. number. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, all that. <laughs> no, the website, like I was saying earlier, is teamd4e.com. Um, there's a lot of material there. It's it kind of goes back and forth between like coaching stuff and personal stuff. But, you know, I think people find a lot of use in it. I do have certifications in uh, USA triathlon and um, certified nutrition. So, um, and, and I have a, a few other methods to coach. So, you know, it, I, I do coach Optavia, but I don't all only coach Optavia. So 
if someone's not into that kind of a program, then I can work one on one with you about that. I think the strength is that I, I, I've walked, I've walked the walk, so to speak. I'm not mm -hmm. someone who's always been thin and just telling you how to lose weight. It's like I'm somebody who's very heavy at one point and I know it works and, you know, but what works for me, what might not work for you. So, you know, you have to kind of play around. I've, I've tried everything. I went keto. I went, you know, everything and it didn't work. And so, you know, what was it Vinnie Tortich used to say? It's like, show me a Cheerio tree and I'll start eating. Them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Well, I'll make sure to um, uh, your your link will be posted um, yeah. with the podcast and on the website. And tell me about the song that you picked for our outtake today. <laughs> it's it's something I don't even know how I got it on my on my Apple tunes. But, I, you know, I when I'm in the car, I just put it on random songs and it came up. I said, like, where the hell did this song come from? And I was listening so, to it. So tell us it, tell us the song in the so artist. Tell, it's a. Uh, uh, half drunk under a full moon by okay. Fertellus. And um, it's very, I like lyrics like this. It's very, you can kind of put your own meaning onto them, but it was interesting when I was listening to it, what I got out of it. And then to find out what he was talking about, it's like, oh, I, I totally missed that. <laughs> but it's really about um, his uh, his addiction recovery. That's what it's about. So there's a line in it. There's a line that says, hey, hot stuff, make mine a lemonade. It's mm. talking to a bartender, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, I picked up on that. And it's like in, in his realization of what he needed to fix it is like uh, when his lips turned blue. Mm. So, OK, so he had a he had that moment where, oh, I got to fix this. So it, I just I, it's a good song. And I like lyrics that kind of have that meaning in it. Um, there's another band, Iron and Winding does that oh also. i like them yeah, yeah see <laughs> i knew you would <laughs> but mm -hmm. but they have your lyrics like that they're kind of like you can put your own meaning into it right. um ellis paul same thing mm -hmm. yep you know you know i know we share a love of him so mm -hmm. yeah he was um i did i used him as an outtake song i don't know Which three one? or four months ago i think um did i i did it was it god's promise god's, god's promise, promise uh, I, I couldn't remember it's God's promise or speed of trees, but I, I do believe we use. I God's like speed of trees too. Yeah. Speed of trees um, always reminds me how important it is to have roots. Mm -hmm. And that's why my, my social media handle is, is, is root down, rise up um, mm -hmm. because I need those roots, but those roots aren't limiting. So that's, that's not right. a beastie boys reference. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it could be if you want it to be Mr. Sean. <laughs> Whatever you say. That's a that's a Mr. Sean reference. Root, Root Down is a great freaking track by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it so is. it could be depending on depending on my mood. We could go uh, either way. <laughs> Beastie Boys. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for Absolutely. coming on. Um, um, I, we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm glad we finally did it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and being like wicked open. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm always that. Nothing awesome. else. I'm sure it's making people I know cringe when they listen to this. <laughs> But no, but, no, but that's that the point of this podcast is comfortably mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And yeah. when we're out there and when we're engaged in, you know, well, when we're outside and when we're doing stuff, all of those barriers and all that stuff. That's why, you know, we, we've only met a couple times in mm -hmm. person, but I'm like, yeah, but we ran a race together. So, you yeah. know, but it's amazing <laughs> to me that we've only really seen each other twice. <laughs> right. Like in person. Right. But, but. 
but we had but we had a race together. So yeah, or no, oh, we did race. It, no, we did two races together because it. Um, well, we did uh, um, the one over here in Florida. The um, Megan's. I got attacked by a bat story. Oh, yes, oh. that that's it. Oh yeah, my that was god! It. Yes, a bat. The the yeah, banana. She spider. got attacked by a bat. Yeah, I know. I've I've heard all mega stories. And then that was the in Florida. That and was the banana spiders that, were real though. And and the cat that led her astray. The, yeah. cat, the, the people that were walking their cat in the middle of the trail. And I'm like, I did see the cat though, so the cat was real. <laughs> I'm not about the bat. Though. The it, banana it spiders hit, were real too. It hit me right in the forehead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I finished that loop and I'm like, I got hit by a bat. And everyone looked at me. I'm like, no, no, not a baseball bat, like a bat. <laughs> a bat. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Freaking the Florida, other, the, man. Well, the other one we saw, I saw you was um endurance the endurance society one. The um Yeah. Um Infinity. Are they still yeah, doing yeah. that? Yes. New yeah. location. Where, New where's that yeah. now? Better. It's it's still the same. It's really pretty much the same course. Yeah. But um he moved oh, you're, it wearing up the, the road. you're wearing the hoodie. Oh, okay. I am wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he moved it. Andy moved it up like the road. There's like a whole. You actually crossed the camp um, when oh. you were doing the loop. Yeah. And it's he's got like a whole camp now. It's got like showers. It's like oh, nice. It's a way. It's a almost a, like everyone says it's a way better setup. I have not been up there yet since uh, the the move yeah. last year. I was thinking about that just a little while ago. It's like that's and talking about getting back to it. That's something I've been thinking about. Is going back to trail running a little bit more because I did yeah. enjoy that Fun more. community. Yeah. Well, I just enjoyed it more being in the woods and, you know, mm-hmm. nobody's really as competitive as triathletes are. And there's a little John, bit, it's a different vibe. What was, that 12, what was that 12 hour race that we did? I'm trying to think of the title and I'm just completely drawing a blank. The, um, yeah. Whispering Pines. Whispering Pines. Yeah. In Inverness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inverness. Yeah. Inverness. Okay. Which I was just that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, two weeks. Whispering ago. Pines. Whispering. Whispering. That's my sexy radio voice. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> On that note, you two. <laughs> Let's listen to John's song. Okay. <laughs>